wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religion, religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Pastor Will Mawala. I am the pastor of the Paravista and Gola Seven-Day Adventist Churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And it is really wonderful to be able to share with you all today. This week we're taking as our theme, what does the future hold? Pretty good topic. What does the future hold? And today we are asking the question, what is happening to our world? So if you are tuning in tonight, we have a jam-packed program for you for this coming week. Uh, just give you a bit of a teaser for some of our upcoming topics. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at the topic, how will the world end? We're going to be looking at what happens after the world ends. Is heaven real? And towards the end of the week, we're going to be looking at the question, what happens when we die. So my co-hosts and myself and the rest of our team, you are going to be in for a treat as we look at our theme this whole week, what does the future hold? Today, my co-host is my good friend and fellow colleague in ministry, Pastor Mark Wilson. Pastor Mark serves as the pastor of the Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church and also the Wisto Seventh-day Adventist Church. And he also is an international speaker on archaeology and biblical prophecy. So I'm so excited today because I get to uh, share with a fellow colleague who has extensive experience in the topics that we're going to be looking at this week. Welcome to the studio today, Pastor Mark. Thank you, William. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks. glad for you to join us today. And I understand that you'll also be in the hot seat tomorrow as well as we look at the topic, How Will the World End? And we'll do a little bit of a plug for that uh, towards the end of the program. So you are in for a treat, whether you're driving home or you're going to be listening uh, to this recording at a later stage. Uh, we just praise God that we have the opportunity and the platform to be able to share the good news of the gospel here on Faith FM Drive time. Before we dive into today's topic, I just want to share an article for our World Watch segment. And it is an interesting article because I'm a pastor and my colleague here tonight is a fellow pastor and we're both believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? I came across an article that I want to share with you guys tonight and I, I got it from the Amazing Facts um, Christian Ministry website. And the article is entitled, Progressive Church Declares the Bible actually isn't God's Word. And before I dive in, Pastor Mark, that sounds like a very catchy article title, right? You got my attention already. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me just walk us through, and this article was posted uh, back in March on the Amazing Facts, uh, their blog page there, and the article was written by a Mr. Mark A. Kellner. And so the article begins with the question, um, what is the Bible? Many churches say it is the only rule for faith and practice. However, a church in Nashville, Tennessee, is quite sure that's not true. Uh, this particular church, uh, Grace Point Church, a self-styled progressive congregation, recently kicked up some social media dust when it declared on its Facebook page uh, that, quote, the Bible isn't the Word of God, self-interpreting a science book, an answer slash rule book, inerrant or infallible. Did that call my attention, Pastor Mark? Because here is a uh, a, a church that's um, basically saying the Bible isn't the Word of God, and obviously they've 
probably got some uh, reasoning in, in their kind of uh, perspective on how they're reaching the world around it. But let me just keep going on with the article. Then I'll throw a question or two your way, Pastor Mark. But the article goes on to say, Instead, the congregation, which is meeting virtually during the pandemic, asserts, quote, that the Bible is a product of community, a library of texts, multivocal, a human response to God, living and dynamic. What do you think of that statement, Pazma? Here is this uh, particular church in the U.S. and uh, almost has somewhat of a, perhaps a... uh, a different slant on the the idea of of what the Bible actually is. Well, I'm not sure that we can start with a position like that. I, I, I don't know why we would even have a church if we don't want to accept the Bible or so on. Yeah. Obviously, the Bible has got to be foundational to any kind of faith or belief, um, so on. Not just a you know a kind of a take it as you leave it or accept this or not that and. Um, we're yep. not going to get off to a very good start if we do that. Now, today, you know, the Bible has um, tremendous archaeological evidence for its historicity. Absolutely. Um, and, of course, what I'm passionate about, it's, it's the answer of Bible prophecy that gives credence to its inspiration. Amen and to that. that is just incredibly amazing. We're going to see a little bit about that today. Uh, and I love to hear your thoughts, and, and especially as you unpack our, our topic tonight. And I quote, as progressive Christians, we're open to the tensions and inconsistencies in the Bible. We know that it can't live up to impossible modern standards. And this really caught my attention. It goes on to say, Pastor Mark, we strive to more clearly articulate what Scripture is and isn't. And I find that very interesting that they say they strive to more clearly articulate what Scripture is and isn't. But as the article goes on to say, um, unfortunately, in seeking that, quote, articulation, they skip over what the Bible itself actually declares. And uh, you will know this passage very well, Pastor Mark, Second Timothy 3, yeah. verses 16 and 17. All Scripture uh, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's no ambiguity here, the article goes on to say, the Bible is, quote, an answer slash rule book that is inerrant and infallible. So here is uh, the, the author of this article, Mark, kind of using their words saying, no, hang on, the Bible actually claims that the Bible is inspired. Um, let me keep going on because it uh, says, John Scott, the church's lead pastor since April 2019, expounded on the position to an online paper, uh, the Christian Post, and he says this, quote, I think we definitely have a tendency to treat the Bible almost as an idol. He added, I think one of the greatest challenges that happens with the Bible is we bring expectations to it that it just isn't intended to bear and can't bear. End of quote. He goes on to say that the Bible is more concerned with explaining the why rather than the how. You know, I couldn't help but think, Pastor Mark, I think the Bible, it doesn't explaining the why, you know, in, you know, at the expense of the how. It's actually both. Both, yeah. So, you know, yeah, interesting. Uh, let me keep reading there, then, then we'll kind of um, have our kind of uh, thoughts on it. He says, he also um, resorted to this familiar uh idea typically reserved for atheist talking points. Quote, people have used the text in the Bible, plain readings of the text at times to support the white supremacy, to defend slavery, to defend segregation. 
saying the Bible is inerrant and infallible, it absolves us of our responsibility to do what our ancestors did, which is to wrestle. I think if I could be almost somewhat sympathetic to, to maybe his position, I'm not saying I totally agree with him, but I think there is some, I guess, uh, credence in the fact that I think uh, in today's culture, people look at the Bible and how it was misused yeah. and to support yeah. certain things like he was quoted here. And I think from that vantage point, maybe, yeah, there is, uh, I guess you could almost a uh, reason to say, hey, we don't want to go down that dogmatic type of thinking, you know, that um, kind of like supported the cultural, the views and, and whatnot of the day, as this quote suggests, you know, slavery and whatnot. But I think when we go to far down that road, Pastor Mark, um, you know, it's almost like, you know, throwing out the baby with the bathwater almost. Yeah, a lot of people have used the Bible to, you know, present every kind of absurd teaching under the sun and probably still do. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that's what the Bible says. Yeah. It's people, as you said, misusing the Bible. And I, I like what Paul wrote to, to Timothy that it says that we should rightfully divide yeah. the word of truth. That's right. Um, there are principles of proper, you know, interpretation. And, and, you know, the Bible is written in context. Let's have the text give it its context and yeah. rip something out and say it says this, you know. Um, but, you know, when we yeah. look at the Bible as a whole and now it speak to us, it will reform and transform rather than abuse and, and so on. Love, love the way you put it there, Pastor Mark. Uh, I'll just keep going on the article. Um, it says here, um, uh, Scott's wording is significant, and, it, uh, the, and uh, the author is uh, quoting him again. People have used the text in the Bible, end of quote, to advocate abominable practices and belief systems, yet it must also be said those people did not allow the Bible to reshape and reform them. So I think the article, the author here, uh, Mr. Mark Kilner, is saying, yeah, they may have used the Bible that way, but but um, they didn't allow the Bible to really do what it wanted to do, the God's living word in them. So perhaps they may have used it you know, to support their vile and abominable yes. practices without allowing the Bible to really do what God's word intended to do, which was to change our character and, and having, you know, the Lord, you know, having God in us through the presence of, um, of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, good point there in the article. Uh, just a few more points here, a couple more lines here. Uh, David uh, Mark Kellner says in the article, a unified miracle, talking about the Bible, divinely assembled over the course of thousands of years by dozens of people of widely differing backgrounds. The Bible is a, quote, living rejection of Scott's claims. Now, here is uh, Mark kind of going right back at this particular pastor. Um, is a living rejection of Scott's claim, and most definitely not in the way that he intends the word. The Bible is not relative truth. It does not change, but it is alive, quote, living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And that's uh, obviously Hebrews 4, verse 12. There's a little bit more there, but I'll just kind of end on this little thing little uh, idea here. It says, picking and choosing when the Bible is relevant and when it is irrelevant makes Christians weak and subject to any wind of doctrine, no matter how contradictory to the fullness uh, of God's word. Then it goes on to the article end says, what grace points belief really comes down to is the fact that the Bible demands something of us. We are to hold to God's definition of morality. If we don't, we end up making the true idol, the stuff of our own fancies. And then uh, 
Mark quotes uh, Romans 1 right at the end. He says, we, quote, exchange the truth of God for the lie, and we worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. You know, I wanted to share that article, uh, Mark, tonight with our listeners. You know, obviously we're both pastors, and, and you know, when we hear an article of of this nature, almost, you know, Stripping the Bible of its rightful place, you know, as God's authoritative inspired word, it kind of makes us get our neck up, our back up, <laughs> because you know, if we can't trust that the Bible is God's inspired living word, you know, you mentioned in the word our uh, foundation a few moments ago, you know, what leg do we really, you know, what do we really have to stand on? I'm just putting it out there, you know, Faith FM, you know, we are Seven Day Adventist Christians, and 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 obviously, um, you know. As Christians in general, um, we have been saying and we believe that God's word is inspired and it is, you know, uh, it is a divine book that has been orchestrated and led by the Holy Spirit. You know, I've got here just for our, our listeners, uh, I think I might share it. You know, I think I was, I was going to kind of didn't want to know if I wanted to or not, but you know, I'm feeling a bit, little bit proud here right now, Pastor Mark, because here is an article of certain, this idea of progressive Christianity, and I haven't really taken a deep dive into what they believe, but I kind of had a bit of a snoop around online today, and yeah, they have a, very much their own perspective of how they see God, the Bible, and his interactings, and it was very different, I could say, if you will. But you know, you know, when we look at, um, our particular faith denomination, um, uh, we have these things called the you know uh, twenty eight uh, fundamental beliefs, which is really the core of of how we see God moving us and where we see things at this current day and age. Uh, it's not a creed. This is something that as church leaders and as as a body we collectively look and and reassess: is God leading in this way? But I want to read to our listeners tonight uh, our fundamental belief number one is. Embedded in our identity and how we, uh, our movement as, um, Seventh day Adventist Christian is the Holy Scriptures. Let me read this. Only a couple of lines or a few. It says the Holy Scriptures, Old and New Testaments are the written word of God given by divine inspiration. The inspired authors spoke and wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In this word, God has committed to humanity the knowledge necessary for salvation. The Holy Scriptures are the supreme, authoritative, and the infallible revelation of His will. They are the standard of character, the test of experience, the definitive revealer of doctrines, and the trustworthy record of God's acts in history. And there is, uh, a, uh, there's some biblical references that really kind of form that wording. But you know, that, that's, um, that's not only what we believe, but that's what the Bible is teaching. That, um, the Bible is is inspired that it it is as Second Timothy three says it, it guides us it's profitable it helps us it teaches and guides us and uh, yeah there's scores of texts that we could um, share tonight on that but um, you know I think that is as we're going to look at tonight Pastor Mark that could also be a sign <laughs> of how where is well, the world heading that you, when you, you got know Christians. as well as I do William that's one of the statements I think in Peter it says that in the last days scoffers will come. Yeah, um, discrediting um, about Christ coming and, and certain aspects of the Bible, and and that's always been around. Yeah, but there's enough evidence in the Bible to uh, to really make it uh, stand out. This is a look. This is this is. There's nothing like the Bible. Yeah, it's transformed my life. I know it's done hey, it for yep. you. Amen. And I didn't come in on an emotional crutch, but on 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 strong evidence. 
Amen to that. Build a faith that will last for eternity. Amen. Well, hey, listen, thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, that was just our, our World Watch segment. We're going to go to a bit of music, but um, uh, our free offer before we jump in, we've got a, a, a final events of prophecy DVD that we'd like to um, give to our viewers, our listeners tonight. Sorry. So um, stay tuned. We've got a um, advert for you to listen to, and we're going to go to some music at this very moment.
does the Bible say about the end of the world? Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Hello, welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Will Mawala. Today, my co-host is Pastor Mark Wilson. Pastor Mark serves as the pastor of the Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church and the Wisto Seventh-day Adventist Church, and he also he serves as an international speaker on archaeology and biblical prophecy. So I'm so excited I get to share the studio today uh, with Pastor Mark. And if you're just tuning in, this week we are taking as our theme, What Does the Future Hold? And today we are asking the question, uh, What is Happening to Our World? And so, Pastor Mark, um, just wanted to ask you, what is actually happening in our world? I mean, for those of us here in Australia, um, obviously this COVID pandemic, I mean, we were just talking just here offline about uh, what's happening in, in Sydney, you know, COVID outbreaks, and you were planning to have some mission, you know, you were planning to have one of our yeah. uh, international speakers come to your church and, and preach here in Adelaide, and now that could be may or may not go ahead, but you're saying it will. So we're certainly living in different times. It's momentous times that we live in. In fact, you know, Time magazine, uh, just last year in December, put out, they only, they only have done this thunders five times, where they put an X on the front cover uh, for the worst years of history, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, last year in December, they put out uh, their Time magazine saying 2020 was the worst year in history. Wow. Now, not everyone agrees with that because there's been some pretty bad years yeah. um, if we want to go back in history. But certainly 2020 has been epic um, around the world, and mm-hmm. we're still suffering from it now. Yep. Um, so we're living in momentous times, uh, troublous times, and the Bible certainly speaks right into the midst of the what's going on in our world today. Yep. So why don't you walk our listeners through tonight um, about this topic, and I know that our, the rest of our speakers are going to – kind of unpack this as we move forward this week. But but we're looking at specific, kind of like starting off the journey for this week uh, with this whole idea of what does the mm. future hold. But today we're asking questions, what's happening? So Pastor Mark, why don't you share with our listeners uh, from your extensive experience, from your uh, biblical knowledge and just a sense of what's happening in our culture. We're seeing things happening in the religious place, the political place and whatnot. So, Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so walk yeah. us through that. Everyone's asking this question, what on earth is going on? Um, there's never been a more interesting time and uh, an influx of people interested in the Bible uh, because of what's going on. It's mm-hmm. uh, like it, when you're in a crisis or in a disasters and so on, people seem to become more spiritual and they wonder, well, maybe I need to think about God and what did the Bible say? Well, Jesus spoke to this uh, very issue, and I'd like to read for our listeners um, what Jesus said in his uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter sixteen, one to three. This is what he said. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and tested him, asked that he should show them a sign from heaven, you know, to prove that he was who he was. Mm-hmm. And he answered and he said to them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather for today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Right. Now, 
you know, he simply indicated that, look, you can go out and read the weather patterns and predict the weather the next day. You can read the signs of the sky, but then he rebuked them that he could not discern the signs of the times. Mm. Now, he's talking about the signs of the times that showed that the, the Messiah was to, was to come the first time, Jesus, right. you see. And the Bible is full of prophecies about the coming of Christ the first time. Uh-huh. Um, but um, I wonder whether Jesus might use the same language today, not facing the first coming of Christ, but his second coming, his yeah. promised second coming. Would he say to many religious leaders today, hypocrites, you know how to read the weather, but can't you discern the signs of the times of the times in which we live now? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, when Jesus has promised he would soon come. And I guess uh, I would like to encourage your readers, if they have a Bible at home, go home and open up to Matthew 24. This is one of our Lord's great sermons on his second coming, filled with signs of the times that herald his soon approach. Sure. He didn't leave us... Um, in any doubt at all, I mean, reading Matthew 24 today, in the climate in which we've lived 2020 and now this year, is like reading your morning newspaper, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is what he said <clears throat> when you open the chapter and read the, the first three verses. Jesus went out and he departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them, don't you see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that will, won't be thrown down. And then the disciples came, you know, he's speaking about the destruction of the, the temple that, that was destroyed in AD 70 by the Romans. So the disciples then came along privately afterwards and, and said to him, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Very mm-hmm. interesting question. Okay. Because the disciples heard that Jesus, you know, saying that the temple is going to be destroyed. Well, I guess in their minds, a disaster so great as that would destroy the temple to them indicated it must be the end of the world. Mm. And how many times a disaster comes across the world or a great earthquake or something like that yeah. and people thought, oh, it's the end of the world, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's how they felt. Now, Jesus understood that um, in their question, they weren't really asking one question. They thought it was one question, the destruction of the temple and the signs of his second coming, but really it's two questions. Okay. There's the destruction of the temple and also the signs of... His coming, which is that those two events were not to be, you know, together. Uh, okay. And so Jesus began in Matthew 24 to outline various signs, um, yes, that would herald uh, the imminent destruction of the temple that mm-hmm. happened in AD 70, but also signs of the second coming. And this is where it's very interesting and in you start reading this text like the morning newspaper. All right. Um, now, one thing he did say um, is that we should understand the book of Daniel in Matthew 24. Okay. Um, and he spoke about um, this, this, this power which represented the Roman Empire, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. When you see this standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand the book of Daniel. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, in the context of the last day, signs of the coming, Jesus wants us to understand the book of Daniel. And that's a very important book. And one little thing that Daniel does say in his last chapter Referring to the last days before the end of time, he said, uh, shut up the words and seal the book, referring to his own prophetic book, Daniel, mm-hmm. until the time of the end, until the last days, the era of time before the end of time. And then he characterizes this era of time before the end of time, when Jesus comes. He said, many will run to and fro and knowledge will be increased. Now, look, I've often said to audiences, you don't even have to be a believer to accept this as true. Okay. Because... <laughs> 
Daniel indica- Jesus indicated that uh, by affirming Daniel's prophecies that the time of the end, this, this, this last day period, and just about every Christian believes we're living in the last days before Jesus comes, will be characterized by a tremendous increase of knowledge. Right. And, um, you know, <laughs> we all have to accept, I guess, that uh, that certainly describes our modern era. Absolutely. I mean, as yeah. soon as we turned into the you know the t- industrial age, you know the eighteen hundreds and so on, just about everything that's been invented has been invented. It was Bill Clinton some years back who um, the U.S. former U.S. president who said the store of human knowledge doubles every five years. Right. Incredible. <laughs> and I'll give you an example. Before I be- went into the ministry, William, I was the computer programmer. Okay. You know. But uh, there's no way I could get a job today in that industry <laughs> because, you know, it's, just, it's, it's computer, computer top. You know, my kids weren't trained on anything, but hardly, you know, they were hardly out of their diapers before they yeah. were knew more about laptops and all this than I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the signs of the times, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I mean, you look at, um, you know, uh, I've just got the figures from a couple of years ago, 2019, that in 2019 – the population of the world was 7.7 billion people. Okay. And would you believe that in 2019, 4.39 billion, the vast majority of our world, had access to the internet. We're actually no. active okay. on the internet. Over half. 50, over 57% of the world's population. You know, we live in a world today of www. Don't yeah. we? <laughs> you know, I still remember, um, Mark, when, um, you know, I'm probably showing my age in this comment, but... When I was in high school in the late 90s, I still remember I took a computer studies, one of my electives, and I still remember to this day when um, my computer teacher was basically showing us um, basically uh, the browser of, of, of Yahoo, it was, yeah. you know, like the front page of the, the web search engine. He was explaining how this can change the world and all this, and we didn't think anything of it, but here we are, you know, yes. 20 odd years later. Look, we're, we're, you take the speed of travel. Yeah. You go back three or 4,000 years, about the faster this person could go as would be as fast as a horse could pull him. But you go back 2,000 years or one thousand, or even 500 years, the speed of travel is the same, as fast as a horse could, could pull you. Go back 300 years, the same. In just over one, per, one or two people's lifetime, lifetimes, we have gone from the speed of a horse, you know, uh-huh. Um, you know, to the motor car, and then the plane was developed, and now they can travel three times the speed of sound. Wow! Um, in these aircraft, and uh, you know, Jesus said, the Bible said, one of the great characteristics or signs of the last days would be a great increase of knowledge, and we've certainly okay. arrived there. But uh, there's another thing that Jesus said in Matthew 24, very interesting. He said in verse seven, "Nation will rise against nation." You know, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Nation right. will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And don't we live there mm. even today? I mean, talk about rumors of wars. What about China? Yeah. The rumors of wars that have been going yep. on that we've all watched in the media. Yep. Will there be a war with China? You know, and all this yep. sort of thing. Well, I hope not. But we have lived in, say, the 20th century has been the, the century of war. Two world wars wow. in the 20th uh, century, killing tens and tens of wow. millions of people. And yet today, we still have wars going on. I just noticed an article I saw this morning, the ongoing wars and conflicts in the world today. This is from 2021. Okay. And there's uh, nearly 40 currently ongoing wars of various degrees um, in over three dozen countries 
around the world, the Middle East mainly, Northwest Asia, Sub-Saharan Africa and so on like that. Wars and rumours of wars. Now, that we've already, we've always had these wars, I'm sure, um, but we've never had war mm. like we've had in the 20th century. Yeah. And I tell you what, if the rumours of wars of China are true, we'll never see a war like yeah. that if, if it happens, and I hope it doesn't. So Jesus said there'd be wars, you know, nation rising against nation. He also said um, that there will be on the earth distress of nations with perplexity. Wow. Distress of nations with perplexity. You know, you know world leaders just struggling to cope with the problems, the global problems that the world is presenting to us today. Mm. I mean, how do you solve global terrorism? Mm. Uh, You push them down to one place and up they come somewhere else. You know, even Afghanistan, they're getting out of Afghanistan, Taliban is taking over, you know. What about global pollution? There are whole seas within the ocean that are just full of pollution. A global climate change, um, global population growth, global water security, global foods, you know, all these issues. Now we're in a global pandemic mm. and the economic crisis that has stemmed from that. I mean, if you go to the Oval Office of Joe Biden or, or down there, the, the ScoMo down there, I mean, they shortly, I'm sure <laughs> they'd like to, you know, have a few answers <laughs> to some of these problems. But um, certainly the Bible is right mm. that uh, the earth is filled with the distress and perplexity. Then Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 7, that there will be famines. Right. And um, there's always been famine. You know, there's been droughts and so forth, but we've never seen famine like we've seen in the last hundred years or so. <clears throat> you know, today, in, in our modern educated world, with all of our food and agriculture prowess, that um, 16,000 children die of starvation every day in our world wow. today. <clears throat> There's a billion that suffer from hunger and malnutrition. Uh, Three billion in the world today struggle to survive on just $2 a day. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Every five seconds, a child dies of hunger. Um, And we've all seen the bloated bellies of starving children, you know, in in Africa and other places like this, children eating out of garbage dumps and so on. Mm. While in the Western world, it's it's not a starvation problem. It's an obesity problem. Mm-hmm. In the Western world, which is an epidemic proportions uh, in our world today. But certainly there will be famines. And then it goes on to say, Jesus said, and this is very current news, isn't it? There will be pestilences. Yeah. Now, what's a pestilence? Mm. And the Bible indicates uh, it means that it's a plague or a disease. Yep. There'll be diseases. There'll be plagues of diseases and so forth like that. And uh, certainly in our modern world, killer viruses have been on the rise. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've we've gone through the history of you know SARS virus and uh, bird flu and you name it. The World Health Organization some years ago <clears throat> made this statement. They said new diseases are being identified at an unprecedented scale, with at least one new disease identified every year since the seventies. And they were lo- waiting. They were waiting for the next pandemic, and of course it's come. We're living in it. Wow! This global uh, pandemic. And then I saw one report um, from just last year spoke of the ten, the top ten deadliest diseases in the world, and COVID nineteen is not one of them. Okay. <laughs> and you know what they're talking about? What's that? Heart disease, oh. cancer, a stroke. You know, respiratory diseases, diabetes, and so forth. And as one article said um, just this year. Uh, lifestyle diseases are the world's biggest killer. Um, 
That's particularly out the West. Yes, it's all happening. Pestilences, we're living in all that sort of thing today. Uh, And Jesus also said there'll be earthquakes in various places. And I tell you what, um, it doesn't do much, uh, you don't need to do much research to realize the world, there's, there's a whole lot of shaking going on in the world. Our, our mind has been focused on coronavirus, but at the same time, a lot of earthquakes, big ones, mm-hmm. have been taking place around our world. Um, and certainly all this is true from what Jesus um, has said. I rem- when you said the earthquake, I thought of, um, I was in Fiji at, at the end of 2004 when the, the big tsunami took yes. place. You know, I was spending a couple of weeks there in visiting some family in Fiji, and, and it was all over the news there. Yeah. And just the devastation of, you know, thousands of people displaced. And yeah, and then we had Japan, I think it was. Oh, yes, 2000, yes, yes. The Japanese tsunami and, the, you know, Christchurch wiped out, you know I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's, this is right around the world and mm. it's still going on. Um, so basically, so what you've been sharing, Pastor Mark, up to this point is, so Jesus talked about these, uh, I guess, predictions that he said that will usher in or tell it, let us know um, yeah, uh, he, that he, these things are... Mm will take place prior to his return. Now, of course, the argument is, hey, someone will say, this has always happened. There's mm. always been wars and earthquakes and diseases and you know disasters of every kind. But listen, this is what Jesus said, how we should understand it. Mm-hmm. And he says in Matthew 24, verse uh, 7 and 8, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes and uh, various places. Then he said this, all these are the beginning of birth pains. Okay. Now, you and I are parents. Yep. I've watched my wife give birth to our two children, and I know something about birth pains. <laughs> Not as it? much as her. <laughs> but birth pains become more frequent and more intense the closer you come to the birth. Isn't that mm, right? And that's exactly what Jesus said. Yes, these things have always been around, but the thing is this. As we approach the return of Christ, these things will become more intense and more frequent as we get closer to the end. After your break, I'll share you some top headlines that illustrate that very point. Well, thank you, Pastor Mark. We uh, just um, got through uh, our first segment there where Pastor Mark has really just opened up uh, the scriptures there in Matthew 24. Hey, listen, don't go away. Uh, We're going to be right back. We're going to just play some music. And uh, we've got a free offer for you today. If you'd like a, a DVD copy of Final Events of Bible Prophecy, which is Exactly what we're talking about this coming week. Um, Stay tuned for more info. Daily in the papers, war rumbles in the land. Global insecurity and finance troubles man. A paper. The Sunday becomes worldwide command. A time of trouble enters, such as never known to man. Signs of the times are around us. Prophets tell of glory, or souls tell of. Three angels fly from heaven 
FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Will Mawala. Today, my co-host is Pastor Mark Wilson. He is an international speaker on archaeology and biblical prophecy, and he also serves as the pastor of the Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church and also the Wistow Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. If you're just joining us on the tail end of our program today, we're taking as our theme, What Does the Future Hold for This Week?, and today we're asking the question, what is happening to our world? So, Pastor Mark, yeah, just before the break, you, you talked about some pretty um, sobering statistics of famines and earthquakes and whatnot. Take us through to our last portion of our, our time together this, this day um, on this idea of um, what does the future hold, particularly from a biblical perspective, according to the gospel, according to the words of Jesus. Yes, we're right there in the Matthew chapter 24. And again, let's just remind our our listeners, what Jesus said, how we to understand disasters and wars and troubles and uh, across the earth, pandemics and so forth. He said, all these are the beginning of birth pains in Matthew 24, verse 8. And we all know that birth pains become more frequent 
and more intense the closer you get to the birth. And that's how we're to understand them. Okay. So no one's saying because we have a war that's the end of the world, no, or a pandemic, yeah. no. But they are signs that will increase in frequency and okay. in severity just like – you know, mothers giving yep. you know birth pains up to a up to the mm. birth. Now, twenty years ago, there was a fellow um, who was the United Nations Secretary General by the name of Kofi Annan, and I, I still to this day love what he said twenty years ago. This is what All he right. said: He spoke of some great earthquakes in Greece and Turkey and other disasters, and he said, "These are reminders." of one of the most pressing challenges of our time, the extraordinary increase in the number and extent of natural disasters. Okay. Now, that's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Mm -hmm. These are the beginning of birth pains. They'll become more frequent and more intense the closer you get to the end. Now, I just got on just this morning. I just, you know, because every year you have to update what's going on with all these signs of the times. And this is just a few bullet point fast Headlines from 2020 and 2021. All right. Very current, very relevant. Um, this one is from the World Economic Forum. It says, natural disasters are occurring more frequently with increased ferocity. Wow. This is from the United Nations. Isn't that what Jesus said? Almost <laughs> sounds like a uh, copy and paste from... I mean, it's copy and paste, isn't it? That's why I say you read Matthew 24, yeah. it's like reading the morning newspaper. Um, and then this one here, another uh, news article in November 2020, more frequent, severe climate fuel disasters exacerbate humanitarian uh, crises. Wow. And then another one um, from 2020, this is August 28. Everything, I like this one, everything is unprecedented. Welcome to your hotter earth, this article says. And then it says, the upshot is that everyone alive is destined to experience unprecedented disasters. The most powerful hurricanes, the most intense wildfires, the most prolonged heat waves, the most frequent outbreaks of new diseases are all in our future. Records are going to be broken again and again. But the predicted destruction is still shocking when it unfolds at the same time. They're saying all these things are happening at once now. Wow. Now, Jesus spoke about these things, and I mean, the news is just saying the same sort of thing. The United Nations, in another article, said climate-related disasters have increased more than 80% over the last four decades. Goodness. Um, And then another one. Why are natural disasters intensifying from March 2021? Climate disasters have been increasing since the 1960s, with a steep 35% increase recorded since the 1990s. And then this one was... It's just staggering. It says, this is from October 2020, the staggering rise in the number of natural disasters. And another one, natural disasters are surging. Mm. It's time to protect our nations. Natural disasters are a fact of life on earth, but the current rates at which they are happening are unprecedented and unnatural. Wow. Said this article. Uh, October last year. And then this one, I like the headline. It said, uh, extreme weather, mother nature has gone mad. (laughs) (laughs) And how about this one? This is just from a few years ago. Extreme weather, why has mother nature gone bonkers? (laughs) (laughs) She's gone mad. She's gone bonkers. Yeah. It's so much so, you know, Time magazine said last year was the worst, the worst ever and so forth. Now, this is, the news is a commentary today Mm -hmm. upon the accuracy of what Jesus said in his great sermon on his second coming in Matthew chapter 24. But we don't want to end with a whole lot of doom and gloom, do we? Because (laughs) a lot of people are fearful. Yeah. And people, the Bible says, people will be fearful of what's coming upon the earth and so forth. But the good news is this, that all these things are 
are heralding a great and climactic event. Okay. And in Matthew 24, that event is the return of Jesus. And he even said um, that one of the greatest signs that he will come is he said that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who claim to preach the gospel, but uh, when we open the book of Revelation, God articulates the gospel and gives the identifying marks of it in Revelation chapter 14. Uh, We call it the three angels everlasting gospel message, and that's been going to all the world for over 100 years now. Um, the next great event is the coming of Jesus. It's called the Blessed Hope in the Bible. Okay. The culmination um, of when uh, these events will lead up to the coming of Christ. In fact, uh, Jesus said this, and I like what he said. It gives us hope. He said, when these things begin to happen, when you look around and you see all these things and you might be tempted to be afraid and fearful of what's coming upon the earth, he said, when you see these things begin to happen, he said, look up. Don't put your head down in despair. But look up, lift up your heads, mm-hmm. because your redemption draws near. That's awesome. And he says, when you see all these things, um, know that it is near even at the doors. And mm. he's speaking of his return in Matthew 24. When you see all things, know that it's near even at the doors. Now, Jesus, um, well, in my humble opinion, as I read the Bible and, and look at the commentary in the world news today, that he's at the door. Yeah. And he's knocking on your heart and mine and all of our hearts saying, are you ready for my coming? Do you want to be ready? And God has got the message to get you ready. I'm kind of, um, in my meetings, I, I share uh, uh, just a very short story of um, Kevin Carter back in 1994. He, ran the, he, he, got, he won the Pulitzer Prize for photography. Okay. And he had this photo. It was taken in Sudan back in 1993, and it showed an emaciated child crawling towards a, you know, a United Nations feeding station. And right behind this skinny, emaciated child crawling was a vulture. Yeah, I think I, rem- I think you remember I, this yes. one? Yes. Yeah. Well, he, Kevin Carter chased the bird away, and he sat under a tree, he lit a cigarette, and he just cried. But he didn't help the child. And two months after he re- mm. received this uh, award for this photograph, he took his own life. Yeah, and um, he left a suicide note and this is what it said he said I'm really sorry the pain of life overrides the joy and we're tempted to feel that way when we see Mm. what's going on in the world the pain of life overrides the joy to the point where joy doesn't exist I am haunted by the vivid memories of killings and corpses and anger and pain of starving and wounded children or tricky happy madmen I've gone to join Ken which is a friend who had died already uh, if I'm that lucky now for Kevin Carter he saw no hope with all the, tr- the disaster and the, what the world mm. is coming to. He saw no hope. But the good news is, Matthew, as we read Matthew 24, yes, it tells us troubles are coming. Fearful times uh, uh, are going to take place in the world. But there is hope beyond Amen. all this, a blessed hope. I That's love right. the Bible. The blessed hope, it calls it, the blessed hope of his return. And he promises us, when you see these things, know that it's near, even at the doors. Mm. And that seems to tell me that yeah. Jesus is knocking on my door, and he's saying, Mark, are you ready? I'm coming Amen. soon. It's time <clears throat> to open the Bible and look at these wonderful words of Jesus that gives yeah. hope in troubled times. I, I really am inspired by what you've just shared with our listeners tonight, Pastor Mark, because despite the, yeah, the catastrophes, the earthquakes, the famines, the pestilences, and just this kind of really dark picture in a sense 
of of the of the what will unfold. But on the other end, there is the beautiful blessed hope that the Bible describes. Pastor Mark, uh, our time is almost running up. I would love for you to just uh, uh, just to pray for our listeners tonight as they're driving home and as they're listening to this, perhaps in a future date. But before you pray, is, is there maybe one maybe one thought, one takeaway message? If there's someone listening tonight. They may not be a believer, or perhaps they are a believer, and they're just, as you said, we're just, just so inundated with this whole pandemic and just this culture of uncertainty. What would you say to those listeners who are listening right now? I would repeat the words of Jesus in John fourteen. It simply says, "This: Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many Man. mansions." If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Isn't that wonderful? Beautiful. Why don't you pray for us and pray for our listeners, Pastor Mark. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that there's hope, uh, blessed hope, hope in troubled times. The world is very troubled at the moment and may become more troubled in the future where the signs of the times accumulate one upon another heralding the approach of our Saviour and our Lord to do away with all the trouble and to usher in a new age wherein dwells righteousness forevermore. We pray, Lord, as people are listening, that they may be thinking that, hey, yes, Jesus is holding out his nail-scarred hand uh, to each one of us personally Mm. and beckoning us to come unto him where we can find rest and uh, peace and hope and and the promise of a wonderful future. Mm. We thank you, Lord, for this promise, and we pray that you'll accept us and prepare us for that day when Jesus comes in glory. Is our prayer in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Mark. I was so blessed to hear the insights from Scripture. Thank you so much for um, sharing with our listeners tonight. Hey, look, it looks like our time is up for today. Thank you for joining myself, Pastor Will Moala, and my dear friend and colleague and co-host, Pastor Mark Wilson, on Drive Time, Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when our good friends, Nick Creta and Pastor Mark Wilson, again, is going to spend the entire time tomorrow discussing how will the world, and you don't want to miss that so we really look forward to seeing you all tomorrow Uh, but until then please remember the words of our lord and savior jesus christ and he says these words i'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give isn't like the peace the world gives so don't be troubled or be afraid that is from john 14 and verse 27 may god richly bless you Troublesome times times are here Filling men's hearts with fear Freedom we we all dear Now is at stake Humbling your hearts hearts to to God Station the chastening rod Seek the way way pilgrims trod Christians awake My Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon And many will be their doom Trumpets will sound And all of the dead Righteous meet me in the skies I'm going where no one dies Heavenward bound Well troubles will soon be Or happy forevermore When we meet on that shore Free from all care Rising up in the sky Telling this world goodbye Homeward we then will fly Glory to share